Hello and welcome to this surprise bonus episode of So How Do You? This is the podcast that is your little black book of interiors and although we've wrapped for season two not long ago, I could not resist bringing you a little extra episode. I'm your host Laura Jackson and this week things are a little different. Usually I speak to two guests in every episode who will give you both design inspiration and practical know-how, but this week I only need one guest because she is the absolute definition of a professional DIYer. My guest for this bonus episode is Jessica Horton, who runs the Instagram account since 1859, which contains possibly the most mind-blowing renovation transformation you have ever seen. And that's before you find out She's done the entire thing, yes, the entire thing, DIY. Without ruining it too much for you, when I say DIY, I'm literally talking like self-made shutter blinds, uh, self-fitted windows, doing it yourself, plumbing, um, parquet flooring, the absolute works. Now you've clicked on play, if you haven't seen the Instagram account since 1959, you have to go over and have a look right now and listen to this episode whilst pouring over her page so everything kind of makes sense and you can visualize it as you're listening to my dulcet tones in your ears. I can't quite put into words how incredible this renovation story is and how absolutely I had to speak to Jessica to find out how and why. So here we go. Before we get into the podcast this week, I wanted to tell you about my wonderful sponsor, Wix, who you will hear more about over the series. I feel like they are the perfect fit, offering ideas and advice on making improvements to your home from helping to save energy, something I know we are all thinking about, to making small changes that make a big difference. Did you know that 25% of your home's heat is lost through a poorly insulated roof? Or that by switching to LED bulbs, you can save more money on your energy bills and help the planet at the same time. Now, I know that some of these jobs vary in ability and can sound scary, but with Wix, they guide you every step of the way. So rather than breaking the bank on a full refurb, focus on the smaller, more manageable jobs, like repainting your skirting boards for that bold statement rather than painting an entire room. Paint is the ideal place to start for a quick and easy transformation. Refreshing those tired, scuffed walls will reinvigorate your home while adding colour and bring a new level of style. Or maybe if you're feeling a bit adventurous, then you could towel your fireplace for a really cost-effective way to transform a room and create a focal point. Now, if that's sounding like too much, start small, build up your skills. You can really achieve great results with small tweaks such as just changing your door handles. You don't have to swap out the whole kitchen sink, but those bathroom taps might be in need of replacing. Follow along as we cover this and so much more in this series. For more information on how to get started, visit wix.co.uk. Jessica, let's start off with a full description of your home when did you buy it? Where did you buy it? How did you buy it? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so our home is um, Victorian Terrace House, although you would not have known that when we brought it. Um, it was in a really bad state. It looked like in the 70s, somebody just went really wild for the trends and it had been pebble dashed. It, all of the details had been stripped out. There was no Victorian features. Um, it was hard to believe it was actually from 1859. Like it's just mad to believe that that's the year that it was built when it looked the way it did. So yeah, so we we were house hunting and 
of everything that we were trying to buy, we just kept getting outbid and it was crazy. And we were like, this house, nobody's buying it. I wonder why, <laughs> because there was so much work to be done. And I think we were just the pair that were willing to just make it work and make it into our dream home. Um, and it obviously it's taken what, like four years to get to this point and it's not quite finished, but it's been worth it. And did you buy it through an estate agent or an auction or how did you buy the house? Um, just through a normal estate agent, you know, we found it by, I think it was like a right move or something. Um, and yeah, it was just, you know, we at, at that stage, we'd been house hunting for like a year and we just couldn't find the right thing. I think, you know, for our budget, we had a good budget, but for London, um, you know, for what we were looking to buy, we could probably um, have brought a, a flat at that stage. And we were just really ambitious to try and get a house that we could just, you know, work at um, slowly but surely and then uh, make it our home and not have to do that work on a, a flat and then move a few years later so it was just more to have a bit of a longevity of a project. So you talked a little bit about what the house was like when you bought it can you give us a bit more of a detailed description so it had pebble dash on the front it was had no details in terms of um, period features yeah yeah so everything had been totally stripped so the wind the you know all of the lovely wooden windows had been replaced with upvc the whole front had been pebble dash with this gray pebble dash um it had this weird kind of porch at the front that was just super odd it made it look like it was some kind of um i don't know birdhouse or something just a bit weird <laughs> um so yeah so you know all of these things we just had to get in there and make it um authentic for me, um, getting the house back to its authentic self was the prime goal that we wanted to achieve. I love um, Victorian details and houses and, um, and the heritage. For me, that's really important. And to have brought a house that didn't have any of that wasn't our ideal scenario. So, you know, but what we've done is just work really hard at putting all that detail back in. It didn't have any cornice. It didn't have any um, uh, skirting boards. Um, yeah, everything was just crazy, um, 70s kind of, or, or even later than that, you know, in the bedrooms, they had, you know what you have in office environments where they have these, well, in the 80s, they had these like um, gridded, lowered ceilings with these like tiles that you kind of push your hand through. Really odd, but that was in all of upstairs. And then downstairs had... Um, all of these uh, polystyrene tiles on the ceiling. Uh, again, really crazy uh, design decision there. All the fireplaces have been ripped out. Um, we even had in our dining room a back boiler. So they rip out the fireplace and they put the boiler in the fireplace. So that was just, yeah, another thing we had to address. But yeah, we just, you know, taken it all bit by bit and um, got to a point now where we are, we are really pleased with where we've, we've achieved and where we've got to. I'm all for seeing the charming places, but this sounds like a very big project from the outset. So what made you buy the house in the first place? We definitely wanted a project. I think, you know, being the generation that's grown up watching Grand Designs, everybody's like, that's everybody's goal. I really want to do a house like Grand Designs and make it amazing. Um, and me and my partner are really, um, really hands-on and really creative. We've both got creative industry jobs and making and creating is a big part of what we enjoy to do and do together. So seeing the project, seeing its potential and seeing what we personally could do to make a difference to this property was a really exciting part of it. And for us, it's all been about the journey. It's never really been about getting to the final destination. It's been, you know, we've got 
my partner's also a school teacher. He's an artist and school teacher, and um, he gets some holidays off in the half terms. So I've obviously booked my holidays off when he's off, and then we just crack on with a big project, um, like the wooden shutters that we did. That was, you know, totally in the wrong order of things because we didn't even have a lounge, a bedroom, nothing. And we're so obsessed with design and creating that we're just spending all of our weekends making these beautiful wooden structures. So this is the wooden, um, you can see behind me, <laughs> the wooden um, shutter system that we've got um, in our lounge. So we were doing that before we even had floors to sit on, before we even had a kitchen. Like what a pair of nutters, just obsessed with making things. <laughs> I mean, for people that don't follow you on Instagram and know about your story, it's really Really important and really special to say that you have done everything yourself like every single thing yourself so first of all you are a creative absolutely but how did you even find the confidence or the thought that you would have the ability to do things like plumbing and <laughs> shutters because as creative as you are I'm, I'm sure you've not done plumbing before so actually my partner when he was younger his granddad's a plumber so when he was little he went around with his granddad and did some you know babysitting slash helping <laughs> um yeah but there's like helping your granddad and then there's like plumbing your own house know, so <laughs> a lot of it we've learned through research you know um, there's a lot you can find on the internet um, but also, you know, you can go into a B&Q and speak to people on the aisles that you're about to buy something from. And then you can, you know, ask the questions, oh, I really need to do this. Have you done this before? And actually, if you're in those environments, you can generally get the answer you need. But I think between the two of us, we've been very just up for giving things a try. And if it doesn't work, then we try again. Um, and I think that's just a really good ethos just for life and just general, just to give things a shot. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, um, a lot of the tasks that you do around the house, they can cost a lot of money. But, you know, plastering, it's only £8 a bag. So if you get it wrong or do a wall wrong, it's only going to cost you less than a tenner to, to fix it. So, yeah, I think it's just about being really open-minded to challenge and embracing the learning process. I just, I love learning. He loves learning. And together, we're just this like mixture of, we can do anything together, <laughs> which is lovely. And it's, I feel blessed to have that in my partner. Absolutely. And so did you know that when you bought the house that you were going to tackle every single thing your, yourself? It was never an ambition to do that. It's just always been, well, we can do it. So why don't we give it a go as our first kind of point of call? Our, our thoughts were, if we were to hit on something that we can't do, then we'd employ somebody to do it. But so far, that's not happened. I mean, there's been things where you legally can't do yourself. So, for instance, putting the boiler in, um, getting the fireplaces in and working, uh, connecting the oven to the gas mains, things like that you actually need to get, you know, paperwork, you need to do it all official. So that we've done, obviously, because we don't want to risk anything that's like fire hazard or, you know, the safety. But anything that's a big project, such as taking down the ceiling, it's more that it's just a dirty, horrible job. But through that, it's actually a bit of fun as well. You know, I think I've seen pictures of you, Laura, when you did you take a ceiling down in the loft and there's like a picture of you um, in your white um, overalls covered in dust. Yeah, totally. Bed. I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would have loved to have done more, but with two kids and I mean we'll get into kind of your like nitty-gritty timeline but yeah I'd I would have loved to have done more but I just 
yeah, time is time just never really was on my side with the kids, really. You mentioned it's four years and not being finished. So has that been four years of every evening, every weekend, as much time as possible? No, I would say when we first started, it was because we didn't have the space to kind of to rest in. So we just needed to keep going till we had that. And but now we because because we have the lounge done, we have our bedroom done, everything else we're a bit more slower because we don't need it as urgently. Um so that definitely makes the desire to to get up and do it on the weekend a little bit less. But we've definitely um yeah had had months and I'd say a couple of years where we worked every evening after work, every um weekend and um and all of the holidays. So yeah, we are lucky in the sense that he gets holidays off school, but then I only have a, you know, your standard holiday allowance, which is like 28 days. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, can I ask you how you budgeted for this project? Obviously the cost was quite a, was one of the main reasons why you decided to do the whole house yourself. How did you budget? And can you give us any tips if anyone is thinking the same of of any kind of online tools that they could use or tips and tricks? So for for us, I think we've taken a bit of an unusual approach. When we when we brought the house, we stretched ourselves as financially as possibly as we could so that we could get a, a house, not a, a flat. And um, so we, you know, all our money went into our deposit. And when we moved in, we moved in the day we got the keys and that, you know, we'd moved out of the place we had rented and we were just in there and we just had to move forward. So it wasn't a case that we had like a big chunk of money aside to do the renovation. It was actually every month, okay, we've paid the mortgage. What have we got left? What can we do? This month we've got a thousand pounds, right? We can do this job. Next month we've got 500 pounds. Okay, we can do this job and doing it bit by bit. And obviously as time's gone on, our career, we've progressed in our careers and, you know, our finances change. But at that very beginning stage, when we were, because we'd, we'd actually brought the property on a 5% mortgage, which is quite unusual uh, today as well. So our interest rates were really high. And then when we remortgaged, that came down and it gave us a bit more um, flexibility of what we could spend each month. But I'm definitely, because I have high expectations on the design side and finishes, I would rather do the job ourselves to a higher standard than pay somebody to do um it to a lower standard because the job that I'd want them to do would cost a lot more money so I'd I'd much rather take that stance um for instance our front door I don't know if you followed our front door where we renovated it so I got the door off eBay for I think it was like 110 pounds and then um designed all the glass ourselves and um sanded it all back and restored it if I'd have gone to another company to do that it probably would have cost about eight thousand pounds to get the door in the finish I wanted and for us, it probably cost maybe about 2000 to get the glass and everything that we wanted. And for me, when you're living in a property, you've got to know what your, your reach is. For me, it, it, we weren't living in a townhouse in Chelsea, so it doesn't validate spending £8,000 on the door. Um, so just got to be mindful of the decisions we make that actually we're not being foolish with just because we want something to be beautiful doesn't mean we have to throw all our money away at it. And did you have an idea of what rooms you wanted to do first? I mean, you've kind of, like from what you've said already, it sounds like everything has been kind of about practicality, functionality, because you didn't have anywhere to live. So getting those maybe like bathroom and kitchen done first, like did you have it all written out as a timeline? We kind of grouped together the big jobs as to when we were off and 
would be together. So, for instance, we wanted to do the kitchen over um, the October half term. And we brought the kitchen from a company and they let us down and loads of parts didn't arrive. So as a result, that whole project that we wanted to have done before Christmas then we couldn't do until the Christmas holidays. So it had a whole knock-on effect. It meant our Christmas day, we were actually putting in the worktop. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It just had a big knock-on effect. But you know what, Laura? We've enjoyed it. <laughs> like We've absolutely enjoyed it. It's been such a ride together. And we've embraced the, the hilarity in these moments and just been like, this is crazy, but you know, we're here and we, we're enjoying it. And this is our home and it's going to be our home for, for a long time. So... Have you ever fallen out? Because even if John and I put up a tent together, he's like, "This pole goes here, goes here." <laughs> like you know, he, we we like yeah. we don't we don't end up falling yeah. out, but we bicker. But has there been times where it's been really stressful for you, honestly? So we absolutely, absolutely, we will bicker. We're very different in our approach to projects. So um, I don't know if you've ever done this thing. It's like a personality test. You do it sometimes in like corporate environments, trying to what colour people you are. So um, I am like red and yellow. So I'm all about the goals and positive outcomes and uh, future thinking. That's where I kind of exist as a person. Um, Robert's more on the blue side and the the green. So he's more about the detail and I would say more caring (laughs) about the detail. So together we're kind of doing each other's kind of weak points so that we move forward at pace, which is amazing. So, um, yeah, so I, I might say, oh, my gosh, we really need to do this. And he'll be the other person saying, OK, let's slow down. What's the detail? How do we get there? And whereas I'm more focused on the end result, which is good that we get that balance. So as a result, when there's projects that we've got to do, um, we might bicker about the finer details or things aren't ha- For me, I'm like, things aren't happening quick enough. We can move quicker. Can I, can I do this? Can I do that? Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a balance. But we never fall out. We just, um, yeah, <laughs> have different approaches. I... Um, really want to talk to you about the front of the house because as you've said it was pebble dash and now it's this beautiful brick when you took the pebble dash away which you did yourself one how did you do it how long did it take and was that brick behind it or did you have to re-render so this was a huge risk all I knew was that it looked ugly and I needed to sort it out so I was prepared to take the risk so we had a little section that was towards the lower ground where the pebble dash was a little bit loose. So we literally just took a, a hammer and chisel and just chipped away at it to see what was it like underneath. And underneath the brick looked beautiful. So we were like, okay, well, let's just try a little bit more and try a little bit more. And before you knew it, we had this whole patch of exposed brick that looked really nice. So like, okay, this gives us confidence. We should just go for it. So we, um, we it was a couple of weekends worth of work to remove it all. But actually underneath it, the bricks, the bricks were in a really good condition which is actually quite rare which I would say and I've said to people who've messaged me on Instagram um, be careful because what you might wind up with is another project to do after that which might be re-rendering over it um, there's a house that's not far from me actually that breaks my heart when I see it they took the pebble dash off and the whole top of the house is breeze blocks because it must have been bombed in the war oh no yeah yeah, so, and it's been left like that. Obviously, they're just waiting to do it at a later date. But that could have been us. We could have exposed something quite similar. And often to put Pebble Dash on in the 70s, the way they did it is they would score the bricks at the front of the house and then cover it in cement and literally throw stones at it. But the scoring of the bricks was to enable it to grip. But then obviously, by doing so, you're actually, when you expose it back, you've got all of these scored bricks, which is then another feat of a job to sand them down and make them look beautiful again 
but it's all it's all doable I mean the house that's got the breeze blocks they can get that replaced and you know change the bricks there but it's just costly massively costly so it's been four years in the making what is left to do so we've got a really exciting project actually um which we're going to do at the end of summer so we are having at the back of our house which nobody sees on instagram <laughs> because it's awful um you know it's like when you take a picture and actually just outside of the frame is a pile of laundry yes it's a bit like that <laughs> i'm sure you've got those moments um so yeah so at the back of the house we've got this upvc plastic conservatory uh, again standard 70s kind of uh, idea of um, design and it's been super useful during our renovation to have that extra space because while we've been doing the rest of the house and making it um, as beautiful as we can this has been our little storage center for essentially our B&Q on site it's got all of our DIY stuff in there it's literally just been like our, our room full of the junk that we need to make the project happen but now the project's pretty much finished we're like right time to to knock down B&Q <laughs> and we can put up the, the orangery. So uh, we're having a, a wood structure orangery built at the back of the house that's going to have like a bit of a, a slanted beam ceiling, which is lovely, and then double doors into the side return and into the garden. Kind of a bit like what you've got on the back of your house, but not as long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, how exciting. And are you doing that yourselves? No. So we actually can't do that ourselves because it has to be, you have to, buy it off-site and so that'll be a project we have not done ourselves but I'm looking forward to that actually just you know handing it over because it's the first time we'll have done that. <laughs> um, I kind of think after four years of literally doing everything yourself that you deserve for someone to kind yeah. of come in and, and help you. Have you kept any of the original features? I mean you talked about that there was some fireplaces there, is there anything that you kind of have repurposed? So nothing that was here was original, it was all from the 70s so there was nothing that we wanted to keep. Now we've repurposed a lot throughout the house so for instance um, our floor, we laid parquet flooring ourselves throughout the whole ground floor of the house and that we brought from um, Gumtree and it was from an old um, school in Wales I think it was from their assembly hall incredible that's now in our home <laughs> um, what a find so if anybody's listening and they will be thinking I want to find some stuff like that what do you search where do you search it you've mentioned Gumtree but I just know listening to that people will think well how do I find these things yeah yeah I mean there's lots of different places there is companies that do sell reclaimed parquet um, and it's cleaned and it's ready to go you can do that you can absolutely do that we went for the um, literally just ripped out of the building um, a lot of work to be done parquet so it came with bitumen on the back which is the really gooey black um, glue that sits on the back of the each individual piece and so we actually had to spend I don't know a fair few evenings scraping that off at the back so that we could then repurpose it um, and sand it back and because I think where it had come from it had come from the different areas of the, the assembly or different rooms of the school there was pieces of the parquet that were slightly different heights so when we came to put them together we had to sand it back and make sure that it all felt really smooth and as one but that was the biggest project we've ever done that was in covid um so we were documenting it all on instagram and um it it was the one that it felt like everybody was there with us doing it because it had so much support in the process which was so lovely you've got the patience of a saint i think me scrubbing parquet floor for like a week would honestly <laughs> would be the end would be the end of me you mentioned that that was one of the the hardest things in the house what has been the most rewarding would you say um, most rewarding, 
I think when we've put up ceilings ourselves, that's been really rewarding because the, the process is really, um, it's quite a big process. So we obviously took down the ceilings, um, you have to bag it all up and then re-level the ceiling. So you sister on joists onto the existing ceiling and then you use that to, to level it off and then you put that up. Or, and then also the cornice, putting up cornice ourselves was really difficult, especially since the first ones we did was the ones in the hallway, which is the dental. You know, it's got little squares underneath. Mm. That was really hard. And apparently that's the hardest one to put up uh, out of the different variations of uh, cornice. And that was the first one we ever did. So we, um, yeah, we started uh, We started with the challenge. So did you get somebody to cast that mould for you and then you got it delivered to your house and then you fitted it? We installed it, yes, yeah. I mean, I can't just have to pause on the fact that you put up your own ceiling. That is just yeah. incredible. <laughs> well, what's we been- put in our own windows. Uh, yeah, well, what's been the easiest thing, though, Jessica? Like, what, what's been the, like, is it a curtain or a tap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the joyful bit now is the is the design side. So, you know, making each room um, beautiful. So doing the interior design of it, because that's really where my heart lies. It's more in that than the, the renovating side. Although I have thoroughly enjoyed the renovation. Um, I'm now at the stage where I can see all that hard work coming together and that is really rewarding to be sat in that living room in the evening and sitting there looking at every little thing in that room that we have done ourselves you know it's yeah that's incredible especially the windows because you don't realize how a job like that you even approach it but now now we know so (laughs) we can continue to put windows in ourselves forevermore. (laughs) I mean so seriously how did you approach putting in your own windows I honestly don't even know how you did that so it was really big job because obviously what you have to do is take out the existing windows and then um the windows that we had in there were UPVC and they'd actually made the windows smaller than what they would have been historically so what we wanted to do was take it back and make it the big wider bay window size but to do that we also needed to go down a few um rows of bricks and then also put in a windowsill. So that was, you know, a quite a big job. And we also had to put in um, damp proofing underneath the window to, to protect it from um, weather. But it's it also, it's all a little bit like Lego. You know, you take it out and you put a new piece in and you just strap it to the back to the sides and um, plaster it in place. Everything is a lot easier than people think. It's just, you, you don't know until you give it a go, I suppose. But somebody's got to learn to do it. Otherwise, nothing would happen, would it? So... <laughs> Has there been any huge disasters that has been the biggest learning curve of this renovation? When we were doing the parquet, we didn't actually um, share this on Instagram because it was a bit of a disaster and a a bicker point between me and Robert at the time. Um, So we sanded all of the floor and we were at the point where we were just doing the lounge side. And I don't know what happened, but the the sanding machine slipped out of our hands and just smashed into the walls and took a chunk out of the wall. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Um, So we were like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? But actually, it was fine. We fixed the wall fine. And it it was actually all okay. But there was like a bit, because it had got out of our hands and kind of took off at speed, it chipped a bit out of the floor, um, a bit lower than the rest. So then we had to obviously amend that piece. But I don't think there's been any disasters as such. Yeah, it's just been, you know, a bit of a grueling um, challenge. It's a bit like um, Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, but it's a renovation, uh, get me out of here, keep going till it's done. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe that you and Robert have got full-time jobs. I mean, yes, he gets six weeks in the holidays and, you know, he's a teacher, he gets more time off. But 
what have you honestly had to sacrifice to do this? Because I mean, it must have been people's birthdays, holidays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we haven't had, um, you know, most people have like a proper two-week holiday um, every year. Um, we we haven't done that in a really long time, um, probably um, since before the house, I would say. I know we have had we have had one went to Morocco, but I mean, we yeah, we we have sacrificed holidays, or we've just rather spent our time getting the house to where it needs to be. But obviously, you know, when you're used to being out every weekend with friends and doing being at every social activity and then having to say actually I just need to do this for a bit that is a sacrifice um on friends and family but um I think we're at a point now where um you know we can see that it was worth making those decisions we never miss anybody's birthdays but we we'd always make sure that we spent a good quality of time each weekend on the house um so no weekends were wasted as such and have you kind of kept a track of how much you've spent and how much you'd spent versus if you had got in a professional to do that job? Um, no, I haven't kept kept track. And I think um, because we had never gone out to a professional to get prices on things, I wouldn't actually know how much things would have cost. So, um, but I know full well that the parquet floor um, it, I think it cost us like five hundred pounds to buy that, and then um, but we've got it throughout the whole of our house. So whole of our ground floor of the house. So I um, I don't know how much that would have cost, but I mean, yeah. But equally, I've, I've seen other people's parquets where they've spent a lot of money. And, you know, we've got details that you don't get in every house. We've got the beautiful um, double border all the way around the edge. That would have cost a lot more than the standard parquet. Um, we've got a lovely little uh, gold um, trim around our welcome mat that's embedded into the ground. The kind of thing you'd get in like a, a nice hotel. <laughs> All of those little details that might not matter to anybody else, but they matter to us. I mean, we, we did talk about, um, like, you know, where you got the parquet floor, but, you know, how, can you advise anybody where to go for shopping for materials, fixtures and fittings? They're on a budget, but they're looking for something beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would say... Um... We've looked at eBay a lot. I've got, I've actually got loads from eBay. I've got um, a lot from Vinteria. So the thing is, although um, we have done a lot of the work ourselves and that has saved money as such, everything else that I've done, I've kind of not held back, and that's been my excuse. You know, where I don't know, people go, oh, "I'm going to buy a new dress. It's payday." I'm like, "I'm going to buy what the hell I like for the house because <laughs> we've done all this work, and I deserve that really nice lamp that was a thousand pounds." Yeah, <laughs> because we deserve it because we've worked hard for it. Mm. So I think you know, it's um, it's good to yeah get a balance and make sure that everything that we bring into our house, we want it to to stay in last. So I'm prepared to spend a bit more on the things we buy that are the decorative pieces. Um, so I love places like Vinteria. Um, yeah, there's like lots of uh, independent vintage dealers now on Instagram, which I buy a lot from, which is really good. Um, Macintosh and Light is a friend of mine and she has some great things. And what about um, like kind of more hardware bits and pieces? Are all the taps new that you've put in the house and where did you buy things like that from? So um, I would advise nobody to try and save pennies on taps um, because you will absolutely regret it. I don't know if it's a bad thing to name a company I wouldn't buy from again. Am I allowed to do that? Um, I bought taps for the bathroom from House of NK and they were really poor quality. And I've had so many people message me asking about them. And my first response is just don't don't buy it because they're um, because for whatever reason, you know, 
pay a little bit more and get something better quality. You know, I chose those because they were the only retailer I could find that had all of the pieces matching shades of uh, antique brass it's really hard to find all those pieces matching um so that's why i went for them but they just haven't lasted the test of time the rest of the taps we've got are from devol um which obviously is a much more premium um brand and definitely worth worth the money i would always buy my taps from devol from now on if people did want to go down the vintage tap route have you got any recommendations absolutely i found this amazing woman on instagram who has all of these antique pieces that she restores herself and they're absolutely incredible so we've got that in our bath and it's um, a lovely kind of one of those ones that you hold like a telephone <laughs> and you can shower and it's got all of the um the, the original features on it which is great she's called um water and wood uk and she's on instagram and she's got a great selection I mean, I bought vintage sanitary for my bathroom, which I absolutely love. But I, I do wish, I, I love the vintage bath. That was great. And buying secondhand bath is lovely. But I do wish I'd bought new taps. I think that they would just work a lot better. I've met, said this before on, on the podcast. So I, I feel like, I mean, there's lots of learnings from you, but that's my tiny, tiny, tiny input. For anybody that feels really inspired by your project, which many do, what are your words of wisdom and words of advice? My words of wisdom is if you want to achieve something, it's within your gift to do it. Just put your mind to it and you will you will get there. You know, life's not some kind of um, rat race. You know, you take your time, do it at your own pace, be prepared to have weekends off and spend some quality time with people you love. But also, you know, apply some time to getting um, getting on with the task that you need to do. Because, yeah, I absolutely, um, if I was asked to, would I do it all again, I'd say yes in a heartbeat because it was worth every moment. What are you going to do once the conservatory is done? What, what, what are you going to do next? Yeah, I think after that we'll do the loft. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but I think we're starting to move on to projects now where we don't necessarily um, think it's important that we do them ourselves. So um, the orangery, we need to get that made by um, Carpenter. The loft, we would have a, a loft company do that. So yeah, I think we're probably going to do the front the front wall and path ourselves. We've still got that to do and we've still got, um, we want to build like a bit of an outhouse at the end of the garden. Um, but apart from that, I think, yeah, we're, we're pretty much there with the jobs ourselves but it does seem with a house I'm sure I'm sure you've had this that when you finish a room it doesn't mean it's finished because the snagging you go back and you've got to you've got to fix things it's a bit of a nightmare isn't it every you, you think you've finished one room and then you're always going backwards but um but yeah I think it's it's kind of the nature of having a house isn't it that there's always so much to do it's never finished is it um, I didn't do all the work that you did but I've been in this house for like four years and still there's just so much that needs doing um you must have you know high expectations of the tradesmen now that come into your house knowing that you can do all of this so what's your advice on finding great tradesmen um so to get to the where we've got now with this orangery we've actually asked uh friends of ours who they've used and gone with trusted people um yeah i think that's the best way um best way forward really is to definitely get a recommendation but because we've not used trades people a lot i wouldn't i wouldn't know any more than that thank you so much that's just so great is there anything that you feel like you want to add that's like will be really valuable to people because there'll be so many people like super inspired by your story so if there's anything that you think that I've missed or you want to include or like yeah please please say 
I think it's just been um, it's just been lovely to be able to share it with people. You know, the the purpose of us doing the Instagram account was never never for anybody else other than us. It was for we bought this house and we wanted to just document us trying to make it look nicer and during that process you know I was sharing images but more to keep a log of things I liked and then it just gained interest and um but I'd never I'd never set out for it to to have um like a big following or anything like that so it's that's been really really nice to have people on the journey and I'm very grateful for the the kindness that people have shared whilst we've been doing the process because it's been very encouraging especially during covid when we were just plodding through trying to get loads of it done but yeah absolutely it's been um been very nice part to add to the process I mean your before and after would leave anybody gasping (laughs) just unbelievable and almost comedy I mean as you know like I followed your account since the beginning because we don't live too far away from each other and I've just watched in awe all of the things that you've taught yourself and how anything is a possible anything is possible and achievable and it's not about it's not about money it's just about willingness to learn can do attitude is everything it's worth so much what a story wow I mean that gives me hope and I hope it gives you hope and a boost that we can all do the DIY if we put our mind to it and if we've got the patience a huge thanks again to Wix for sponsoring the podcast and remember to visit wix.co.uk for all your DIY needs Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode because I really did. For more interiors inspo, make sure you check out our Instagram page at So How Do You Podcast and check out all of our other episodes as they tie in so nicely together. That's it for this week. I'm Laura Jackson and that's how you do DIY yourself. <laughs> <laughs>